Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing well. I'm excited to be with you today for this Super Bowl special as we welcome on Matt Stover, two-time Super Bowl winner, to give his perspective on winning Super Bowls, but ultimately where he finds his uh, fulfillment, satisfaction, identity, and what we prioritize in life and how it relates to the Super Bowl. And so we'll, we'll get his perspective on, on some of that today. And hopefully it's encouraging to you as a listener today. And we always love to hear from you. So, so shoot me an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com. We'd love to know your thoughts about today's show or any of the podcasts that we, uh, we deliver each week. Hopefully you checked out the Super Bowl special on Monday as uh, Corey Miller and Luke and myself uh, we uh, kind of broke down the game and, and had some fun talking about the storylines. And then also the podcast that we did with Don Beebe. Highly recommend checking that one out if you haven't already. And in the next coming weeks, we'll uh, we'll catch up with some of the NFL players. Now that the season is over, we'll turn our attention to, uh, to some college basketball, some NBA, uh, a lot going on in the sports world, even as the NFL season wraps up. But the, the day after the Super Bowl is always like the best day and the saddest day because <laughs> it's like the season is over. Oh, man. But it's also exciting because we just saw the Super Bowl. So hopefully it's a good game. I, uh, I keep going back and forth on who I'm rooting for. I, I feel like the Chiefs are the favorite. Like I just can't, I can't pick against the Chiefs because I just feel like they're too good. But I, I am starting to buy the idea that maybe the Chiefs' offensive line is banged up and the Bucks' defense takes advantage of it. And, and maybe makes it tough for Mahomes. But it's still so hard for me to think that anybody can stop Mahomes. So anyway, we'll see. Should be good. But, uh, but let's jump into our, our conversation with Matt Stover, and, and then I'll, uh, I'll share an encouragement following the interview as well. But Matt Stover is a former kicker. Uh, he won a Super Bowl with the Ravens and the New York Giants. He's in the Baltimore Ravens Ring of Honor. He also played for the Colts. He played for the Cleveland Browns as well. And, and so he, he, he played in three Super Bowls because he actually played in a Super Bowl with the Colts, uh, the one that they lost to the Saints. And so he was actually filling in for Adam Venateri uh, in that game. And kind of uh, later in the season, he, he took over the, the duties. But here's a little bit more about him. He graduated from Louisiana Tech University was selected, actually drafted by the New York Giants in the 1990 draft, then went to Cleveland, then they moved to Baltimore. Uh, the franchise did, and so he spent most of his career there. Uh, I believe he lived in Baltimore for a while, but now he's actually moving to Dallas, and he tells us a little bit about that. He retired after the 2009 season as the NFL's fourth all-time leading scorer he now runs the Players Philanthropy Fund. 
uh, donor advised fund to facilitate charitable giving for professional athletes. We had him on last year and he talked all about it. And so I encourage you to check out that podcast if you're curious to hear more about that and kind of more of his story. Uh, but I asked him uh, for an update today on the show. So he was the record holder for the oldest player to ever play in the Super Bowl at the age of 42. Now, of course, Tom Brady is knocking him out of the record books uh, <laughs> because Tom is 43. But right now, Let's jump in. Here is our conversation with kicker, two-time Super Bowl winner, Matt Stover. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Joining us right now, Former NFL kicker, Matt Stover. Matt, it's great to have you back on Unpacking It. How are you? Man, doing great, Bryce. Thanks for having me on your show. Always loved it. You do a great job. Well, I appreciate it, and I know I'm fired up for the the Super Bowl on Sunday, and so we're going to talk all about your Super Bowl experience in a moment and and how it uh, it puts it into perspective from a from a faith perspective. But first up, your thoughts on this year's matchup? What are you thinking about, kind of heading into the game? Well, I'll tell you, you know, a team like Kansas City and the powerful offense that they have is just incredible. Putting up what was it, 38 points in the, in a playoff game? That that's incredible. Because in order to be in any type of AFC or NFC championship game, your team has to be good on both sides of the ball. shows you how powerful they are. But Tom Brady's that little X factor. He's been there many a times. He's led a team into the Super Bowl right now. And uh, so I'm going to like the matchup. But it's going to be difficult, I think, for Tampa to win the, win the ball game. Yeah, I'm right. I'm right there with you. And and of course, your uh, your name has been popping up, and I think it'll pop up uh, on Sunday as well because you were the the current holder of the the oldest player to play in the Super Bowl at 42, and now Tom Brady's beating you. How, what do you think about that? And and how impressed are you that that he's doing it as a quarterback at 43? Well, that's it. He's a real player, you know. I'm a kicker. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if I count, you know, but. Uh, I, I did get the uh, record for it for 11 years, and I was glad to hold it for that long. And I was hoping that at some point Tom Brady wouldn't do it, but he did. And I uh, thought it would be with the Patriots, not with the Tampa Bay Bucks. But uh, let me tell you, this guy is just, in a, just a consummate pro, a guy who's just held his standard at a high level and still continuing to do that. And not only did he beat my, you know, the oldest record, but he beat it big time. I mean, was it 43 and 180 something days? I, I I don't know. It was 133 days. I don't I don't even know what it was. <laughs> it, it, but let me tell you, that's impressive, especially in a quarterback. He gets hit for a living a lot of times, so it's good stuff. No, it's still it's still cool that you held it for as long as you did. And you know, this week reading about Tom Brady and some of the keys to his longevity. What what about for you when you look back at your long career? What were some of the the keys to your longevity? Well, you know, keeping and gaining the trust or gaining the trust and keeping the trust from your coaches. Um, you know, as a kicker, uh, you have those opportunities that you got to make those kicks. And, and, and just certain kicks you just have to make, and I would say all of them. But really, and I continue to do that on a consistent basis. And uh, the coaches liked how I managed myself on and off the field. That has a lot to do with it. And then on top of that, I stayed healthy. I mean, yes, yeah, all I do is kick a ball. You go out there and kick, a, you know, 30, 40 balls every single day and see what it does to your leg. 
and uh, a lot of guys get injured, and that pushes them out of the league. So one of the things that I really attribute my longevity is that the fact that I never missed a game uh, while I played in the NFL, and uh, I also had a good family life and a good structure around me to where I was uh, able to be successful there. That, that's awesome. Well, a wonderful career, and, and you ended up going to three Super Bowls at, as a player, and so I, I want to talk about that today. And, and I guess when you think about the, the three, how did your perspective of the Super Bowl change after each appearance? Well, the game is still football, and you have to treat it like that. It's another game. You have to emotionally compartmentalize that as well as you can. And I'm going to tell you, the guys who can do that and forget all the um, frills and the lights and all the all the, the change in schedule, I, I would say that that has a lot to do with it. It really didn't change from 1990 all the way to 2009. The reason I say that is because, you know, as, as, a, as a professional – um, you've got a job to do, and you go out there and do your job. It gives that your team the best opportunity to win. So that's how I actually structured it. It was really not that much of a difference, uh, other than the social media piece. You know, which 2009-10 wasn't as big, but it is huge now. So I would say there's a lot more individualistic type of attention coming to these players than ever before. Oh, you're not you're not kidding. Absolutely. Well. Even from a, I guess, the, the view of the Super Bowl. And so when you entered into the, the NFL and, and even just kind of throughout and, and going to three different ones, what emphasis was placed on the Super Bowl from coaches, from players? Like even for you personally, did, did you think about, oh, man, I really want to play in a Super Bowl? Just the emphasis, what was that like? When you have that opportunity – uh, and you know you have a team that can get there, you want to do everything you can to be that guy that the team can trust and depend on. So as a as an athlete, somebody who, uh, and, and I would say the greatest attribute to a kicker is the fact that he has to want the ball. Um, and there's, it's, it's not a, 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 a if you get it, it's when you get it, and you thrive on that. Um, you don't want to have that opportunity not to uh, be the guy that doesn't get the ball. So... You know, I, I continue to, uh, as a player, uh, always gauge myself going into the season and then, of course, one kick at a time. And during the Super Bowl 35 season with the Baltimore Ravens, we had a, an offense that wasn't uh, incredibly powerful. We just managed the ball well, had a tremendous defense. And so that season had a lot to do with uh, the kicker uh, and putting those few points up. Hmm. So it was, uh, it, you know, I, that's how I viewed it. And every season I viewed it that way. That's cool. And then what about just the atmosphere within a, a, a locker room and, and almost the, the, the pressure? And just I'm, I guess I'm just trying to, to figure out how built up the Super Bowl really is from a player's coach's perspective. Because we know it as fans and we, we see the hype and, you know, from a media perspective, we get that. But, but is the Super Bowl truly this, this uh, event, this game, this goal, this prize that, that is put on that, that pedestal for so many guys? Well, absolutely, because it's the team aspect. It's the ultimate team that you you can't. There's no way you can go out there and one player dominate the game. Uh, it's not possible. And so, um, even Tom Brady can make a huge difference, but he, you know he's got a defense and special teams that's got to go out there and guys in front of him. So it is a ultimate team effort, and to be a part of something like that. And if you will ask any NFL player what they miss, that's it. It's that team aspect. It's that. 
uh, brotherhood. It is we're all out there for, with the same cause. It doesn't matter what race, what creed, anything that you know, religion background you have. We're all out there with a common good, common goal, and uh, heightened atmosphere. I will tell you, it is harder to breathe during the Super Bowl. It just is harder to breathe. Wow. And then you get that first few plays out, and it, it tends to settle down. But it is – it's definitely uh, – there's a lot more attention. And, you know, the last time I played, you know, even though it was my 20th season, <laughs> it, it, it's still a heightened atmosphere. But I was able to compartmentalize that as well as I could and went out there and executed pretty well as well. And, and so then even all these years later to say, hey, I'm a, I'm, I am a Super Bowl winner – what what is that? What does that mean to you? Why is that great? Why does it even uh, affect you today? Well, if you ask me that question, and it's done in the context of team, I'm going to say that my team could depend on me and trust me, and that they look back at that year and they say, "No, Matt Stover had a huge part in that Super Bowl win and getting us there." Um, and to me, that means more than anything that I was a good teammate and I was a critical piece of that team that was able to win that Super Bowl. To me, I have more gratification from that than actually getting the ring. Um, it, it, to me, it was it was all about that team and, and, and being a part of it. I love it. No, that's a great, great perspective. So as we transition to, to kind of from the, the faith perspective on this, when I think about a, a Super Bowl, I, I view it in, in some ways and parallel it to our own lives as this this goal that, that people are chasing and, and, and they, they want to win it, they want to get it. And, and for many of us, you know, in life, we're chasing certain goals and, and then we finally attain it and we go, wait, well, this is cool, but maybe it's not as satisfying as I thought. And ultimately, what we were chasing really was an idol and it ultimately wasn't uh, the fulfillment that we, we thought it would be. When you kind of hear me describe that, what, what is your perspective as someone who, has won a Super Bowl, has seen guys you know, chase after the idol of winning a Super Bowl, but then also knowing that, that, that you love Jesus, how, how do you respond to that? Well, thanks for the awesome question because I continue to talk about team, brotherhood, fellowship, uh, a goal that was greater than myself, which is being that one aspect of that game that I couldn't control the entire game, but what I could control is what I could do on the field. It's the same thing to do with life, and that because I'm submitted to Christ as my Lord and Savior, it was never about me. It was always about Him. It's always about the man next to me, and that if they can, if I can use my talents and my gifts that God has given to me for His glory and for the betterment of my team, tell me, there is a cause, there is a purpose that's greater than myself, which is eternal, unlike a ring. Hmm. I have three rings because one of them was given to me because I was in a— uh, the, I'm in the ring of honor of the Baltimore Ravens, and that's great, and I love it. It's it's fun to wear, and uh, but it, it, there's really no great great long-lasting satisfaction in that. It's like having a new pair of shoes, and eventually it just gets old. Hmm. Um, you know, if your identity is in in that, um, you're going to find yourself empty in a hurry, including the money that comes from the game. Uh, it, that that's a privilege. It's a privilege to play in the NFL, but if that's what you're after, is the money. Uh, you're going to find yourself empty when it's said and done because your career will absolutely, in the NFL, come to an end one day. So I guess to, to kind of unpack this a little bit 
further. And, and I guess the, the, the message and the encouragement that I, I want for, for listeners today is we, we think about this Super Bowl and, and think about, man, you know, Tom Brady's trying to add another one. One wasn't enough. So now he's gotta, he's gotta go for number seven. And even the Chiefs last year, one wasn't enough. They want to get another one. And, and so I guess the question is what, you know, what are we, we chasing in life and what have, what have we put up there as that, that Super Bowl in our own life and, and ultimately, you know, how are we addressing each day the pursuits and wh- where our heart's desires are? And, and I guess just to, to, to ask you, how have you processed that in your growth as a believer and throughout your faith journey to, to continue to prioritize Christ and, and, and who he is in your life? Uh, how, how would you respond to that? Man, uh, just that. Where are your priorities? Where's your heart? Where are you spending your time, your, your time, talents, and treasures? Um, those type of things to me is, is really, uh, it's a struggle as, as a man, it is. And I, I get out of balance all the time. And, and a lot of times my wife is the one who, who reminds me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and I need those people in my life, men, other men in my life who've walked the walk, some ahead of me, some along with me, some even younger than me that I can breathe life into, including my sons and, and other young men. So... Uh, I think life is a journey. You need people around you. We're, you know, we're created to be relational, and God wants me to be relation with, relational with Him first. And if I continue to do that consistently and and make Him and that pro, that relationship the priority, everything else falls in line. It just does. You know, I remember hearing a preacher one time saying, "You know, I prayed two hours today. You know." I, but I have a you know twenty hours worth of work. But I and and then ask, well, wasn't two hours enough? He says, no, I need another two. So when, when I'm done, I'll come back and see you after lunch. I mean, I it, it. That, that's because he knew that I got to rely on God even more now that I'm busy. Mm. And uh, I think a lot of times we think we should do it, and we got to take the bull by its horns and 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 guide our own life and do this and do that, and and we just get consumed with the world. And uh, that's when the first way you get out of balance. Now, of course, there's times that that needs to happen, like taking care of a child or, you know, getting a report done. But overall, you need to have a good, healthy balance on what that looks like. Amen. That that's awesome. Well, no, I appreciate you uh, you sharing on that, and uh, and and I you know I just think with such an emphasis on the Super Bowl and and the way that we we prioritize it as sports fans and the actual players and coaches and all that kind of thing it just gets put up uh, on this pedestal and so for us in our own life what what is what are we ultimately putting up what do we value the most in our own lives and so it's a question for all of us to uh to consider today well, Matt, I, I, you, you mentioned uh, being a father, and, and I, I know today you were even helping your, uh, your sons with, uh, with golf. So I'm curious what that uh, dynamic has been like as a, as a sports dad and, and watching your, uh, your, your kids play golf. What, what has that been like? Well, let me tell you, I have an All-American Division Three lacrosse player, and then I had an All-American Division One lacrosse uh, men's golf, uh, excuse me, goalie and lacrosse. Uh, and and, uh, to guide them and to help them with those opportunities and that they reach the highest level in those prospective sports, uh, including a great education and passing those uh, attributes to them, uh, my wife and I, because my wife was a huge piece and my success on the field uh, and her encouragement and how she supported me 
Uh, we all need that in life. We need those to come, other people to come around us. So my job right now, first and foremost, is to be the best husband and, and of course, father I can be. And uh, watching my son Joe play golf today was a hoot. We had I had so much fun watching him, and uh, he's got another round tomorrow, and I look forward to it. It's just, you know, and I, I'm pretty good at golf, but he's way better. So he's my coach. So <laughs> the, the, the only thing I can help him with is his mind and approaches the game. And, but all, out on the course, it's all his because I, I'm no help. Oh, that that's great. Well, so did how did they decide on on golf and lacrosse versus maybe following your route as a kicker? Well, you know, my daughter, of course, was she was forced to play ball because her little brother, her, her her the one next to him was just one year apart. So we were always throwing the ball together. And I said, Jenny, get in here. So she had to learn how to catch, and she had to learn how to throw, and she became a really good athlete uh-huh. fast. And then uh, Jacob. Uh, he wasn't that fast, but he, he wanted the ball. He just wanted the ball, and, and football was something that he liked and he enjoyed, but he just knew that he wasn't big enough, strong enough, or fast enough. And his kicking ability was good, but it wasn't uh, you know to the point where he thought he could do well. But when a ball was thrown at him in a lacrosse game, and he ended up with a ball in that stick of his, he got more satisfaction from that than he did anything. And so, mind you, a goalie wants the ball, throw it at me, but the ball's coming at you 90 miles an hour, and when it hits you, it's going to thump. So God bless him for that. And then the the golfer, um, he was playing lacrosse. He he broke his right collarbone. Uh, He was playing lacrosse, and and, and he broke his right collarbone, had to get surgery on it. And the first thing he said when he came off the field after his injury was, dang it, I can't play golf now. Uh, uh. (laughs) And I went, okay. Okay, well let's 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 let this lacrosse career go by because you know he was a freshman in, in high school and you know that's even a late start in golf these days. Yeah. But he was already really good at golf, uh, and he just needed to hone in on his skills. So he's doing that right now. We moved down to Dallas, Texas, so that he can he have more he can have more access to it. That's where my wife and I are both from, and uh, he's growing in this sport of his. Oh, man, very cool. We'll have to keep keep our uh, ears out for him. That's uh, that's cool to hear. Well, Matt, the, uh, the last time we, we talked, I guess about this time last year, and, and talked a lot about the, the Players Philanthropy Fund, and it's a, a donor-advised fund to facilitate charitable giving for professional athletes. And, and so would love an update just kind of how the, the last year has, has gone with that and, and, and some things that, that you're most excited about coming up this year for it. Well, first of all, we've doubled and size, and that was due to my staff and hard work and people discovering what we're doing. Uh, secondly, we've given almost $7 million back into the communities uh, this past year. Wow. Um, so during this COVID crisis, people had an amazing charitable heart, and we facilitated that giving within our donor advice fund, and we really become more of a fiscal sponsor for people. Uh, so instead of them having their own private foundations, they just plug into ours. We give them the nonprofit status, and we do all their books and, and back office work for them. They still have to go out and do all the charitable work, but uh, we make sure that it's compliant and, and best practices. So, hey, let me tell you something. We are so excited about our future and how we're doing this for our communities. Uh, we've, we've really made things more efficient uh, than I would think any other fiscal sponsor that's out there uh, on, a, on a broad scale and e-commerce to, to, you know, all the fundraising events and stuff that they're able to plug into that we can absolutely help them with all their financial uh, back office work. So to me, it is just uh, a, a kingdom works being done there and a lot of great community work as well. 
Wow. Well, that that's awesome. I'm, I'm excited for you, and that sounds great. And so what what is that, I guess, how do things change now that you, you have moved or you are moving to, uh, to Texas? Well, I've got, because uh, of my opportunity to do this back home, I said, convinced my board that if I move down to Texas, we can open up the office down here, which we will, because Dallas is a mecca hub for charitable giving, athletes, you know, corporations, people that are doing a lot of great work in our community. So um, already that started. I've gotten us connected there. So we needed to broaden it, and uh, I convinced them, look, let me go home and do it. And so far, it's been very uh, advantageous for us. Oh, well, that's that's excellent. Well, I'm, I'm happy to hear that, and uh, great to, to catch up with you. So glad we were able to get you right before the, the, the Super Bowl. And so any, any final uh, thoughts or, or storylines that, uh, that we need to keep an eye out for as we watch the game on Sunday? Well, I think everybody should tune into the uh, Cleats and Actions uh, Super Bowl prayer breakfast. Uh, that, to me, I would Google that and find out how to watch it. It is an amazing breakfast that everybody should go out and uh, uh, witness and the Bart Starr Award and, and how the, 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 the players are, are there are being exemplified and, uh, in the name of Christ. And, and to me, it, it's, it's a great event. Darren uh, Gray is a good friend of mine who's running that. And man, it, it's just uh, so much fun to watch, and it's, it's a great witnessing tool too. Absolutely. I, I know Darren as well. And, and so, yeah, encourage everybody to check that out. It's, it's going to be streaming on Facebook uh, just search Athletes in Action Super Bowl Breakfast, and uh, you'll, you'll find that. And uh, Tony Dungy and Benjamin Watson, they're a part of that, and a bunch of other guys are sharing and speaking and ultimately pointing people toward Jesus. So, uh, yeah, great great plug on that. Uh, good idea, Matt. So, well, man, well, thanks so much for uh, joining us here on Unpacking It. Enjoy the weekend, and uh, look forward to the next time we can catch up. Okay, all the best, see you, very much. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks a lot. There's Matt Stover joining us here on Unpacking It. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And we're back in the Unpacking It studio to unpack that conversation and a lot of good takeaways and his thoughts on, on the Super Bowl and priorities and his, uh, you know, just hearing the depth of his faith is, is, is really encouraging. And, and the one thing that and I've mentioned this before is oftentimes at the end of these shows, there are common themes that come up as we talk to guys and, and ultimately as you and I are living this life, you know, wanting to follow Jesus, wanting to grow, the, the, the commonalities that, that we share and experience are, are there. And, and one of the big things is, brotherhood, fellowship, and whenever we talk to former players, the conversation always somehow it gets mentioned, and maybe we talk about it more in certain conversations, but it's that they miss the brotherhood of the locker room, the the goal of winning a Super Bowl together, coming together, the camaraderie, the teamwork, the you know, the connection, being on the same page, the communication, all of that is so key to to winning and 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 guys just love being a part of it. And the ones that that are really willing to, you know, sacrifice and and the ones that really place a value on it and, and also have the talent, those are the ones that end up winning. And you see it, you see the chemistry and and so even for the losing teams, they still appreciate the brotherhood 
uh, that they get to experience. And, and for the believers in the locker room that get to experience the, the Bible studies and you know, life on the road, and especially in other sports, but when they're really on the road, uh, NFL, yeah, they're, they're gone a few weeks a, a season. But, but, but nonetheless, the parallel for us in life, and, and, and especially now that it's the beginning of the year for, for us calendar-wise, but also here at Unpacking It, we're placing a huge emphasis on the community and the connection that we want you to have with Unpacking It. And so we love that you listen to the podcast and read our devotionals, and we hope that they will continue to challenge, encourage, and inspire you. But we really want you to take the next step and connect with us and connect with other sports fans who are following Jesus and and to be able to have deeper conversations, further conversations, to do life with one another. Uh, And so a couple of the ways that you can do that, at least initial next steps, uh, would love for you to join one of our our trivia nights. It's an easy kind of entry into the community here at Unpacking It and get to know some other sports fans around the country. And then we also do the Wednesday Unpacked Lunch, uh, noon Eastern, and it's it's just for an hour. We talk about the big stories in sports. We'll talk about the devotionals, and we have a discussion about uh, maybe the, the, the Unpack This topic of the day. And then we also have packs, which are designed for small groups to, to meet on your own and in your own church, in your own community. Uh, you can do it virtually, in person, you know, depending on the, the circumstances. But we want you to, to, to get into a, a deeper community that, that you can hold each other accountable, pray for each other, be able to talk sports, be able to enjoy sports, enjoy the, the ebbs and flows of, of, of the season in sports, but also in life, the ups and downs that we all face, to be able to celebrate the big wins that we experience, to be able to have other people to, to, to call and tell about, but then also when we face the challenges and difficulties and the days that we want to give up, to have people in our corner to say, hey, hey, keep going, keep going, because we see it on the football field. When a guy misses a catch, drops the ball, misses a kick, you know, throw overthrow, interception, sack, you know, whatever. Hey man, let's get back. Let's let's keep going. Next play. Next play. And the teammates are there to build each other up. And you get back to the sideline and, and guys, you know, high fiving, smacking you on the back and say, Hey, let's go. That's what we need. And so it ends at some point in the NFL for these guys. And so for all of us, we stop playing sports at some point. And then we need the the fellowship to continue. And, and so I know I need it, and, and I imagine that you do as well. And, and so I encourage you to check out some of those, those options here at Unpacking It, unpackingit.com. Find out all the information there. You can also email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. So as we think about the, the teamwork and the fellowship that these players experience, and one team's going to win on Sunday, and they'll get to experience the joy of that together, and then... The other losing locker room will experience the defeat, but they'll be able to do it together. And they'll be in that same boat together. And it makes a difference. And it helps It helps to get through it because uh, it'll be challenging for them for sure. So hopefully that's an encouragement to you uh, and, and you took away some other nuggets from Matt Stover as well. Uh, great to catch up with him. I enjoyed our conversation last year as well. And, and so hopefully he'll be a, a regular guest here on Unpacking It. And so enjoy the Super Bowl. I'll be uh, making some good food and uh, eating well on Sunday. And I still can't. I go back and forth. Am I pulling for the Chiefs? I kind of want to see Tom Brady win another one. I know it's crazy, but just 
when you see greatness, you just want it to continue. So, uh, so enjoy it, and uh, we'll talk to you on Monday for the live show, the, the Unpacking the Live show, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, 10.30 a.m. Eastern, and then it'll be available in podcast form as well following that hour. So if you listen to the podcast, we greatly appreciate it, and even though it's not live, we hope you enjoy the content and would still love for you to respond and, and shoot us an email with your thoughts on the show. Bryce at unpackingit.com. As always, I wrap it up by letting you know I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.